0: Happy President Weekend! Yes. All right, ready? Washington, Washington Adams, Adams, Jefferson, Jefferson Madison, Madison, Monroe, Adams, Adams, Jackson, Van Buren, Harrison, Harrison Tyler, Polk, Polk, Taylor, Polk, Taylor,
1: Polk,
0: Taylor, uh, Taylor... That's,
1: well, that's where Polk mine is. Yeah.
0: Pierce? Yeah, I don't know. Something like, <laughs> something like that. He's in there. <laughs> okay, well, uh, welcome to a life-giving local church where you'll find the friendship and support you've been looking for.
1: At Echo, we want to help you find your place, people, and your purpose. We believe this is what we're all seeking, and we can't wait to share it with you.
0: Please join us for our services at Mayo High School on Sundays at 9.15 a.m. or 10.45 a.m. We're eager to meet you and extend a warm welcome to the Echo Church family.
1: That's right, and for the next few weeks, we aim to provide you with insight into our impact and finances. In 2023, you generously contributed a total of $869,000 towards advancing the kingdom in Rochester, marking an impressive 18% growth year over year. This achievement is truly remarkable.
0: At a time when many churches nationwide have experienced stagnant growth or even decline, your generosity stands out. It serves as clear evidence of God's hand upon Echo Church. As God blesses us, we are committed to being a blessing to Rochester and its surrounding areas.
1: That's right. (laughs) Your giving was uniquely designated to three funds, our general fund, here to stay, and our generous line items. With the assistance of our accounting firm and our board of directors, we strive to be diligent with our finances.
0: So again, thank you.
1: Thank you. For
0: those who wish to partner with us financially to impact Rochester, you have two convenient giving options today.
1: First, visit our website, where you can set up automatic recurring donations, allowing us to plan boldly and confidently for the future.
0: Second, you can easily send your contribution via Venmo to We Are The Echo Church.
1: We appreciate your kind and thoughtful investments.
0: Enjoy Enjoy Echo Echo Online Online Service. Service!
2: We are in a series that is Get Your Blank in Order. It's been kind of fun. I think it's a little bit more fun to preach it than it is to listen to it. Because it's challenging, right? Life is challenging. And, and, uh, and, and, and I've talked about four specific areas. And, and I kind of want to just call this out because it's the beginning of February. And I understand how a lot of us, we start something, but we struggle to finish it. And I thought today would be a great day to remind you what I spoke about and then encourage you to try again. To try that practice that maybe you tried for a few days and maybe didn't make it. I mean, I I know some of you fasted or you've been fasting and and maybe some of you struggled with the temptation of fasting. And I would just, I would again, I would encourage you like, try it again. Like just because you failed doesn't mean you shouldn't try it again. But what I've talked about is the attitude Plan. I've talked about tech and I've talked about finances. I had a great conversation in between service with the individual and they're like, man, you know what, you talked about tech. And, and then that next week I came on Sunday and, and I got the report and I was 37% down on my tech use. Come on, somebody, how awesome. And then he goes, I came back to church this week and I don't even wanna see it. Just try it again, try it again. There's no better time than now. I bring all that up, though, because a lot of those things are personal, right? Like we're trying to get our own little personal life in order. And today I want to take a turn and, and not just talk about me, but we. Like, like what does that mean for us? What, if we're going to put something in order that would pertain to not just me, what would we put in order first? And I'm going to get that uh, I'm going to get to that in a moment, for all, but for all those fans out there, I do have a joke for you. Now, for those that are visiting, I have no good jokes, so, so just don't judge me here for that. But uh, let me tell you the joke, and it pertains to what we're going to talk about today. Uh, George stood at the ATM when a sudden turn of events unfolded. A robber approached, sticking a gun to his back, yelling, Do you ever want to see your family again? Without a hint of panic, George calmly replied, "No." <laughs> oh, hashtag family issues. Y'all get what I'm saying there? Like, you know, like, like, no. Actually, I'm still thinking about that. I'm still thinking about that.
3: Yeah.
2: Now I know you love your family, and Mom and Dad, I love you. I know you're watching this. I do. I love you. I love you, uh, Mother-in-law. Um, I love you too. I do, I do, I do. Um, But we know family is difficult, right? It's complex. I mean, thank you for that honest person back there. It it really is. And and it can really be stretching. And, And what I want to do today is talk about getting our family in order. And, and before someone like steps back and says, well, I don't really have a family yet or I'm not really a part of my family, don't discredit yourself quite yet. In fact, I wanna help you feel a little bit better. I want all of us to feel a little bit better about ourselves. And we're gonna do that by looking at the Old Testament and look at it in really a historic way on, on, on family dynamics, okay? So at the beginning of time, Adam and Eve, right? Y'all know that story, right? The beginning narrative. And then they have Cain and Abel. I mean, just think about how family started. It started with a sibling spat that ended up mur- with murder. You know what I'm saying? Like Cain and Abel, and they're like, we've had enough of each other. And, you know, death they're dead. You know, one of them's dead. I mean, they're crazy. And then, and then one's like, you know, like get get out of here and don't come back. You know, like we want nothing to do with you. And and, and I, I guess I'm belaboring that a little bit because someone needs to feel a little bit better about their family situation. You know, like I know you drove to church yelling and screaming at your family, but at least you didn't kill them. <laughs> How about Abraham and Isaac? You know, like 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 I know the spiritual significance of Abraham and his son Isaac, but just think about the trauma that Isaac went. Through when he 's sitting there on the altar, and abraham 's about to kill him, you know like like that 's complicated, family is difficult again, I understand the spiritual connotation of it, but man, Isaac like imagine being that guy, you know that son going through that trauma, and then Isaac he eventually marries a woman named Rebecca and, and they have their children and it's complicated, which by the way, you know, if you don't deal with your trauma, your trauma begins to deal with you. And in that family, you see deception, you see stealing and... And with their sons you see a fleeing for their for one of their lives because of the deception and stealing and, and all that stuff. So I mean it's what an interesting family dynamic. And then you go ahead and you look at Jacob, which was the son that fled and he eventually is named Israel and he ends up having twelve sons with four different women. I mean, talk about complicated family is complicated which by the way their his children's uh, children uh, are not really fond of one of the sons who is favored and eventually wants to kill him but changes their mind and sells him to slavery family can be difficult and some of you're like well that's so far in the past. Like, can you fast forward a little bit? Like, yeah, let me, let's do Let's talk about a little bit about King David. I mean, he's, he's like the, a renowned individual. A lot of, them, a lot of us would, would deem him to be a hero, right? Within our faith in some respect. And, and obviously some of the people I've already mentioned would fall under that as well. But, uh, but look at family dynamics with David. David, his firstborn, Abnon, eventually uh, tries to take advantage, or does take advantage of his own sister, it's a horrible scenario. And then Absalom, this third son, when he finds out that's what Abnon done, had done, he ends, up, uh, he ends up ordering his men to kill Abnon and he does that successfully. So again, history repeats itself. And then eventually Absalom leads a rebellion against his father to take his own throne and and that doesn't work out. And so then the fourth son, who I'm not going to pronounce his name because I screw up names all the time, and it's just best not to be said, uh, he ends up uh, coming along. And, and when the drama dies down, he ends up, tries to take the throne from him, his own father as well. And that doesn't go well for him. And then eventually, who ends up taking the throne? Okay, the leader of the Israelites, the Jewish people, is Solomon. And Solomon is the son of Beth- Bathsheba, who David had an inappropriate relationship with. How many are feeling pretty good about your family situation? <laughs> family is difficult and, 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 and it's crazy. I, I get it, you know, and, and, and I think we would all agree family is hard and family is complex. But what I want to tell you today, it's not impossible, Family might be difficult. There are some complex situations, but with God's help, it is not impossible. Here's the good news. This is the good news. And it's gonna, I think it's such good news. I put it on the screen. God doesn't need a hero. He needs a humble person in the home. Did you hear that? God doesn't need you to be a hero. He needs you to be a humble person in the home. One who surrenders to Jesus' kingship and is available to serve. I bring up all those people in the Old Testament because so often we deify them and their family just because they're written down in God's word. But I need you to see, and I need you to vividly see this. These are normal people with normal circumstances that are just trying to navigate and move forward. And what God needs in you is not necessarily a hero, but he needs someone that's humble enough to say, yeah, I'm gonna surrender under the kingship of Jesus and I'm gonna serve people as Jesus has served me. Now let's lean into the Bible to see what he, or what the Bible says really about leadership and and putting our family in order. And So if you have your Bibles, open up to Joshua chapter 24, Joshua chapter 24, verse 14, and just to set up the context, Joshua, this is his in essence farewell speech, he's led the Israelites into the promised land, and things are looking pretty good, and uh, for two chapters, and and I would encourage you to read them this week, it's, it's pretty cool, it's pretty cool to read what Joshua's trying to accomplish as he hands the family over, right? You know, the family business over, and and uh, he's really attempting to leave a legacy. and And what we read in Joshua chapter fourteen is this: it says, "Now fear the Lord and serve Him with all of your faithfulness. Throw away the gods of your ancestors worshipped beyond the that you worship beyond the Euphrates River and in Egypt, and serve the Lord. Everybody, say, serve the Lord. But if Serving the Lord seems undesirable to you. Then choose for yourself this day whom you might serve. Now, let me just pause here. We serve something, we serve someone, or we're going to serve Jesus. What I love about Jesus is he's not going to make us. He's not going to force us. It's truly our decision, and so what he's saying here within this, in, in, in this portion of history as Joshua is trying to leave a legacy and, 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 and encourage the Israelite people to move forward in leadership, following God, Yahweh, he's like saying it, it all hinges upon who you're going to serve. That the way you're going to serve your family is the way you follow God. And how you serve God. So choose this day for yourself. Who you might serve. Whether the gods of your ancestors. Serve beyond the Euphrates. Or the God of the Amorites. And whose lands you are living. Key word. Key verse. But as for me and my house. We will serve the Lord. Come on. Someone say Pinterest. (laughs) I mean Amen. This is a very Pinteresty type of verse. You've seen it. And for some, for some of you that don't know what Pinterest is, I can't help you. <laughs> it is what it is. You won't get that joke. <laughs> But Pinterest, it's there, you find it. And so often we put this scripture on our walls. And the question I want to ask us today is, how do we take that scripture off of the walls of our homes and our rooms and put them in the hearts of our family? For me, for me and my family, we will serve the Lord. Which leads me to, my big idea, and is a pretty deep one, when I say that, I mean that sarcastically. It's simple as this, you lead. You lead. Don't expect someone else to do it. You lead, and don't expect someone else to do it. You build the home that you want to live in. You put in order the family that needs some help. You live the life that you want to live. Ah, It's a simple concept, but yet, or simple, simple verbiage, but it's a complex idea. It's it's not exactly easy. But, But what I'm trying to throw out here today is this, is let us stop expecting someone else to do it. Personality, I mean, many of you know me from stage here. Therefore, you might have a lot of presumptions of who I am or how my leadership is, but but there are many times I step into a group or a room full of people, and it is just fine for me to blend in and people watch. And with that personality, there has been times and there has been seasons that is so easy for me to just not lead the way that God wants me to lead. And what what I'm saying is this, is if we're going to put our family in order and we've got to lay aside some of our passive personality and we need to step up in intentionality to build the home that we want to live in. So no matter the dysfunction... No matter the disray, no matter the presumed disqualification of your past, I'm reminding you today that God has placed you in your family and in your home, in your friend group, at your work or your neighborhood for a reason. Do y'all hear that? No matter the junk, no matter the mess, God has placed you in your family for a reason so let's look at the scripture just really quickly and it's not just a scripture it's the story and it's the life of joshua and the people of israel and this is what i see with joshua this is what he did really well and we didn't read this but you'd have to reverse and you know read the chapters before what we'll find out is this joshua led up joshua was really good at following his leaders that's what he did, and he understood it. He understood the honor. He understood the opportunity to serve. He understood what it meant to follow. So what did he do? He led up. That's what he did. I mean, look at Moses and, 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 and Aaron and her and Joshua were all involved in serving, serving Moses as he was Leading down. Joshua, being the leader that he was called to be at a season, what he did best was lead up. And if you're going to put your family in order, you have to understand that that although you may not be the person of authority, you still have authority to lead up. I love how the book of Ephesians calls out a few different groups of people. Uh, And he calls out the worker first. And and, and although it is termed with the word slave, let me paraphrase it to a modern day context. Ephesians 6.5 says this, workers obey your human bosses. I believe if it was written in our context, it could say something like this. Kids, obey your parents with the same fear and trembling and single heartedness with which you obey your Messiah. And remember that whoever, this is verse eight, remember that whoever does good work, whether he is a child or he is a worker or an entrepreneur, an employee, you will be rewarded by the Lord. See, the author of Ephesians is calling out people to lead up. Can we, can we just be a little honest? Could some of us lead up a little bit better? Okay, I don't see many hands up there. Let me, let me say it like this. Let me help you understand what I'm trying to get to. And I, and I know most of your hands are going to go up. Lead up and shut up. Lead up and shut up. Some of you are in families and some of you are in workspaces. Some of you are on fl- uh, some floor of Mary Bry. And what you do is you complain and you backstab and you gossip because someone's not the leader you'd like for them to be. You lead. Okay, now let's just raise our hand. How many of us think we could lead up a little bit better? <laughs> thank you, thank you, thank you for that honesty. So, It's difficult to lead up, and I get that because so often we're put into a family and we may feel insignificant. We may feel like we don't have a voice. We may feel as if someone's not going to pay attention to us and, and people don't like our ideas, but that doesn't mean this is our time to give up. No, it's our time to lead up. God has placed you in that dysfunction. He's played you, placed you in that disarray so that He can use you in the act of service. The second thing joshua did really good was lead down we can see that illustrated within the verses that we just read i mean they're phenomenal and he's definitely intentional and he wants to leave israel better than how he led it and and and, and it's amazing to see that and, and i love the book of ephesians because not only does he call out the worker or the child or as the slave it is as it's termed within that verse But he also calls out the master. He calls out the boss. He calls out the father. He calls out the mother. He calls out the grandparent, okay? He calls the person who's in authority to step it up as well. And he says this, and masters, treat your slaves, treat your children, treat your workers the same. Don't threaten them. Remember that in heaven, both of you, I'm sorry, remember that in heaven, both you and they have the same master and he has no favorites. (laughs) No favorites, no favorites whatsoever. It is so important for us in authority to be able to lead down with honor. And if you're a boss in here, let me say it like this. Lead down and you need to be quiet a little bit too. Check your heart about the complaining. Check your heart about the gossip. Check your heart about the backstabbing. Check your heart of talking trash or or that tension of not being satisfied. No, you be the leader that God has called you to be, but then honor the people around you. So I'm calling us as a church, as people... In order for us to put our family in order, we've got to lead up, but we have to lead down and now let us lead all around. Many of our relationships have no context of authority to one another, but we still can lead peer to peer. And that opportunity is ripe. And it's beautiful, and that's why I think a week next, like week, a week like next week is a perfect week to invite friends, appear to Echo Church, to find and experience the love and hope of Jesus Christ by a simple invitation, because God calls us to lead others around us. I want you to lead up. I want you to lead down, and I want to lead all around and like i mentioned already we have the opportunity to build the home that we live in we have the opportunity to build the context or the culture of the workspace that we go to or the friend group where we're in and if we're going to lead like jesus led in his season and His time here on earth, then we've got to do what he did. We got to live like he did. And what he did at a foundational level is he put his hope and trust in his Father's Word. His Father's Word. There is a significance of of, of putting ourselves into a place where we stand not on our own Word, but by our Father's Word. The second thing he did, he did it really, really well, is he balanced this. Word and the foundation of the Father and, the, and, and, and his forefathers, right? The scripture, the Old Testament, and, you know, as we know it. And, and, and he memorized it. He went through that school. And you know, he just was amazing at, at, at understanding the context. And it talks about him speaking with authority. this because he knew it. And he knew it so well. But yet what was significant about Jesus and his ministry he was consi- that It was this. He was consistently led by the Spirit. And you can see that the Spirit, after he was baptized, led him into the desert. We can see on another occasion, and again, there's tons of references, and I don't have enough time to tell you all the examples, but one that had just ruminated in my heart is is Jesus. It said he was passing through Jericho, but there was a man named Zacchaeus, that he was willingly interrupted by the Spirit's leading to pause and interact and to say or to lead someone that needed some hope. So if we're going to lead like Jesus, foundationally, we need to put our hope and trust on his word. And we need to be in tune with his spirit. And we also need, foundationally, to put it into action. Or in a Hebrew word, it would be shmah. Everybody say shmah. It's the term that means listen and obey. It's a significant foundational level of what it means to follow Jesus, to be a disciple of Jesus, that we put our hope and trust on his word, we're led, we're in tune with the spirit, and we press play. we're, We're doing it. We're signing up. This is action. We're going to listen and obey. We never go to church just for knowledge. We're coming to church for practice. But here's the issue. So often our faith and our foundation looks like this. And the issue is this, is when this foundation isn't firmly set within our faith or within our family as we're trying to put it in order, then what, it, what people experience is something completely different than what God has ordained. And they experience it like this. They experience hypocrisy. They experience a shallow faith. They experience confusion and experience apathy. It is so important as we're putting our family in order to model this full foundation. Proverbs 20 says this, 20 20 verse seven. It says the righteous live a life of integrity and happy are their children after them. Let Let me say it like this. The righteous live a life of Action, application. They live, yes, word and spirit, but then they apply it and, and, and they apply it within their family, within their home. And because of it, there are happy children that follow after them. What I'm trying to encourage you is this, is let us be people who build our home brick by Brick. I had a book. I don't know where they went. <laughs> I want to help us today, uh, really practically, parents in this room and, and people that want to like create the home and, and maybe even the faith that you want. There, there's a few resources that are just phenomenal and I honestly can't say enough about them. Uh, and it's uh, based off a book called Core 52 by author Mark Moore. And if you're part of my men's study, um, you're like, hey, we're reading that. Yeah, we're gonna, we'll be in it for a while, you know? Uh, but it's amazing. And there's another book called Quest 52 that focuses on Jesus. And I've taken a, a group of men through that. And I just love it as a resource for conversation, but also this encouragement in faith. and faith. And how many would just agree with me? Like sometimes the Bible, you don't even know where to start. You know, you don't even know what to read. And and then sometimes the area and stuff you read, you have tons of questions and you really don't know how to apply it. Well, this book is a really phenomenal resource. It's called Core 52 by Mark Moore. And and if you're an adult in this room, I would strongly encourage you to purchase it. And if you're a man in this room, I strongly encourage you to join my table group as we navigate through this. I think we're in chapter five this week. (laughs) But um, one thing that was brought to my attention and it's just brand new on the market here. Is Core 52 Family Edition, and man, I just had to share this because I know there's so many young parents here, so many beautiful children, and we love them all. We love them all. And and and, and I think like as parents, like we ask the simple question, how my, how can I do this? It's overwhelming. What do I do? What do I say? Like how do I lead them spiritually? Uh, you know, and, and how do I be the leader that God wants them to be, me to be? Uh, how do I become the leader that God wants me to be within my family? Well, guess what? Utilize a resource. Like, like, like you know what I'm saying? You don't have to reinvent the wheel. This is an amazing resource. And, I, and, and we, we believed in it so much. We bought 50 copies. I don't know how many we have left. Uh, we're just selling for what we bought them for because we want to make it easy. But if you're a young family here, you should buy this. And you should apply this on a weekly basis to your family as you're leading them, as you are creating the foundation in which your children will be happy, according to Proverbs. Anyway, the book is out there. It would be awesome if you could do that. Scott, you almost had it in order. Close. The second level of foundation is this, is trust. How many of you know that if there's no trust, there's not much of a relationship. I mean, you know that if there's not much trust, it's, you don't really feel that comfortable. There, there may be a lack of peace. There could be a lack of joy, a lack of hope. And, and, and today, I wanted to bring up trust because I think for some of you, you've been holding some people in your life captive because of a lack of trust, because your trust has been spoiled or you don't believe in someone anymore. And and I just sense that, that today, for somebody who walked in this room today, is a really great day to give someone a fresh start. And I know that's complex. I know that's difficult within a family context, but that's what Jesus does. That's what Jesus did with you. And sometimes we hold people to a standard that we don't want to be held to. And I just thought like trust is such a great thing. And, 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 and if we're gonna have a ordered family, then trust must, must exist. And if we are a person within a family not giving people trust, then guess what? That foundation can't be built. Trust is primarily a past thing but commitment is a future thing, and so on the second level of a ordered family, there is trust and there is commitment. And I'm telling you this: my family and my relationship with Christy is built on historic trust, and I understand that. And, and we've been faithful to one another, right? And and committed to one. You know, we're being faithful, but but it really that trust is is built the way it is today because we committed to one another. To the place of death do we part. And, and so I believe trust and commitment is this beautiful twin action of, of security. And so if you're gonna have an ordered family, you've got to have trust and commitment. And then what I wanted to encourage, and I could put so many things at the, the, the last layer, but I just felt led by the Holy Spirit to encourage us to be people who are affirming, that we affirm those around you. It's the opposite of what I challenged you with. It's so easy to step into a family. It's so easy to step into a workspace. It's so easy to walk into a familiar space and begin to critique and to criticize and to backstab to talk trash, to gossip. And I just sense that the Lord wanted to remind us as believers in Him, as disciples, as followers of Him, as people who are being led by God to believe in the power of affirmation. How many would just agree with me that that's harder than we'd like to believe? There is a power of affirmation. There's a power of coming along somebody and speaking the truth in them before you might even see the truth in a reality. That's really the premise of worship. Worship is this, is, is, is when we come on a Sunday morning and we're singing the songs, what we're doing is we are articulating truth that is, that is and exists about our heavenly Father. Worship is, is really an articulation of affirmation of who God is. And in that same way, God wants you to step into your family, and he wants you to begin to affirm the truth. Okay, Truth not predicated upon what someone believes, but truth on the word of God, led by the Spirit, seen in action, it's held in the context of trust and commitment. And led through affirmation, baby. (sighs) I've got a list of things for you to do this weekend. Would you take one of these seven? One each week. And would you do this with your loved ones? Would you speak after listening? According to James 119, would you speak generous words according to Proverbs? Would you speak prayers over them on Wednesday? Would you speak the truth with kindness on Thursday? Would you speak hope on Friday? Would you speak forgiveness on Saturday? Would you come back to church next week speaking life while you're driving them to church instead of screaming and yelling at them from the front seat? Oh, Lord, we need your help. Oh, Lord, we need your help. How many are thankful that God is patient? And so shall you. Speak truth over your family this week. The truth that is unseen, the truth that might be still unexperienced, but I believe, I believe in the power of truth and how it can change a world. And I believe that because my parents. My parents came to Christ, really because they were invited to a church service much like we're gonna have next week for your friends. And it changed a family, but it first changed them. And they began to learn how to lead. And, and honestly, it, it wasn't a perfect family. I didn't grow up in this perfect home. And there were seasons that were tough. And they were difficult. one thing my parents did, and they did well is this, is they came in at the bottom level. They came up at the basement level of faith, right? Like brand new to it, what it meant to follow Jesus and, and to, to put his, their faith on the word of God and to, to have this relationship with the spirit and, and his leading, but then bring it into action. They displayed that. They modeled that in front of me. And, and, and what they did for me is they put me up on the first level. Do you know what I'm saying? Like the home. We're talking about a rambler here, a walkout basement, okay? They walked to basement level, but they, what they did for me, I'm upon their shoulders and I'm forever thankful. You know what I'm doing as a father now is I'm hoping that my steadfast, my dedicated, my intentionality uh, when it comes to putting my family in order is only going to propel them to a higher level, level than myself and into the second floor. And then when they have their children, I'm hoping for a third floor type of faith. Come on, someone. Isn't that what we wanna see in our children? Isn't that what you wanna experience in your life? The good news is this. God's not looking for a hero. He's looking for you. Will you humble yourself? Will you serve him? Will you build the home that God wants you to build? God, we just pause. And we ask you for your help. We can't do it. We can't do it alone. It's upon this firm foundation. Jesus Christ alone will build our homes. For me and my house, we will serve the Lord. If you agree with that, would you shout amen? Amen. Will you stand up, Echo Church? We're about to to declare a song, declare a a, some words of affirmation of who Jesus is and what he wants to do in our life. But let us lean back, lean back into Jesus as our firm foundation. Hey, Isaiah, we're quitting over here. You can come in. <laughs> oh, it's, How many of you put your hope and trust in Jesus Christ? He is good. Firm foundation, that's what we stand upon and that's what this is all about. Let us pray. Jesus, I surrender. I have more questions than answers and I choose to follow you anyway. I acknowledge that you lived, you died, you rose again, all with us in mind. I accept the rescue that you offer. Save me, forgive me and lead me in Jesus' name and his authority, amen. Is God good?
3: Be built on your majesty. Let every word you speak fill this home. Jesus, our cornerstone, the anchor for.
4: there is if I was to tell you what I thought the most common lie that we all believed it'd be something to the effect of my life's a mess but everybody else's is together or my family is nuts but man all these other families they know what's going on or man my business is struggling or my marriage is struggling or my school is like all these things it would be all internal and we'd say something to the effect of but everybody else they've got it together can I just let you know something we're just in a room right now full of people that don't have it together just like, like, I just, uh, maybe, I mean, maybe that's a little offensive, just a few people. I, we just don't have it together. And I think one of the things that we miss out on is the ability to make a small change can make a huge difference. And I think we forget that small changes make a huge difference. Now, Pastor Andy was talking about Mark Moore's book here. By the way, Mark Moore was our pastor when we lived in Arizona. That dude's rad, crazy smart guy. I liked it more than my wife did but I really liked it. I just thought he was great. And so it's cool to see his book here, but there is 18 copies. I counted before I came in. There's 18 copies of this out in the lobby. Uh, We would love to just see you take a little step with your young kids. Now, this does not let the rest of you off the hook. You gotta do something too. Now, I don't know what your something is, but do not discredit the ability for God to move in small things to make a huge difference. It's on you to move towards the small thing and it's on God to make the big difference. Does that make sense? All right, so here at Echo, we love to do something. We love to celebrate. Let's celebrate those that came to church for the very first time today. Come on. Going to a new church is weird. We know it. We're glad you're here. Also, we want to celebrate those of you that said the prayer with us for the very first time. Come on.